2: You're listening to the Dana and Parks Podcast on KMBZ. O-M-G. Are you guys ready? It's time. It's time for some cinnamon gum. Let's do it. Cinnamon gum! Everybody. And it's cinnamon gum! Um,
3: Remember I do, the days when we did that with you, and now we just watch you embarrass yourself literally. by yourself. You know,
2: <laughs> there's no point. There was a time. It's even that, better
3: on the podcast without the music and just you blankly yelling. Have you ever listened? Have you ever
2: listened to it? Yes, I <laughs> sound terrible. insane. I okay, I'm going to put that on my to-do list. 2024. That is my um, New Year's resolution right there. I want to interview Steve Perry. I've never interviewed him. Let's can to make- ask him what the real words are? Yeah, I mean clearly it's cinnamon gum, but I just need clarification. I just <laughs> need once and for all for him to commit. I mean, obviously, that that to you know. are
4: you going to ask him why he won't rejoin Journey?
2: Yeah, of course. But, and, I mean, why, first, why do we
4: have this guy who runs around, jump around like a flea on stage? He
2: does jump around. It, a oh lot. my god,
4: it's it's insane. It's like, and he sounds just like Steve Perry. But I have walked out of Journey shows because that guy drives me insane.
2: He's like a whirling dervish yes. with the voice of Steve Perry. It's a very Just ab- bouncing around <laughs> all over the stage so singing he is, faithfully. He is very high energy. I don't want to see <laughs> bouncing around during faithfully or okay. open arms. I want you to stand there and act forlorn. That, exactly.
3: If you're not crying, you're not feeling it. No. Yes.
2: Right? S- stand there and cry. Make me feel like you mean it. And instead, he's bouncing like a from one side of the stage to the other. Boing. <laughs> From the text line, I love cinnamon gum, and I text my husband cinnamon gum every single time I hear that song. Well, which is only when I'm in the house. So,
4: uh, Former NFL Pro Bowl tight end Frank Wyshek, whose lateral set the Music City Miracle in motion, died Saturday at the age of 52. Wow. Uh, That's young. Yeah, played 11 seasons in the NFL with the Washington Commanders and the Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans. Was famously part of the legendary Music City Miracle in one of the first games of the playoffs after the 1999 season. Died at the age of 52. Does it say what he passed away? No,
3: no, it doesn't. Oh. What position did he play? He was a tight end. I mean, you hate to make any assumptions but i can only imagine cte was somewhat involved well it
4: says here later on in the story sam uh in a statement the wycheck family says it plans to honor his wishes by working with quote experts for ongoing brain injury and cte research there it is
3: It, it amazes me that still to this day i mean we've known about the issues of cte for years now and with all of the medical advancements that we've made Somehow being able to figure out that it's having the impact in real time, we have not been able to figure out how to test for that, how to see Mm -hmm. if, you know, Mm -hmm. is this a dire situation where we need to get this guy off the field now?
2: Wait, do they, can they only deduce that CTE exists after After the person yes after death? You cannot, you cannot diagnose it while you're alive. Hmm.
3: It takes an autopsy of the brain.
2: The uh, the New York Times had a shocking story, like a expose about t- – I wouldn't say teenagers, but t- uh, kids who played pretty aggressive uh, football in their high school and college years and were dead before – had killed themselves before they were 30. I just read that. It was heartbreaking.
3: Yeah, because of the anger, they it, it's – I mean, it's almost like a early dementia patient. Yeah, exactly. They can't understand why they can't understand, Mm -hmm. and that makes them angry.
2: Oh, several people from the text line said he died from a fall at his home. That is not – we don't have that confirmed. Have have
4: you – did you guys – Sam, did you see the 60 Minutes piece? I think it was 60 Minutes or it may have been uh, SportsCenter 30 on 30 with Jim McMahon a couple of years ago from the Chicago Bears. Uh, No.
3: Oh, my. Is it just obvious that? Oh, it, yeah. it, and
4: it's so sad, you know, because when, when when we were kids, I mean, Jim McMahon was larger than life. You know, Jim McMahon was he Super Bowl Shuffle guy? Yeah, he was a quarterback okay. on the Chicago Bears team, number nine. Yeah, and he, I mean, he was larger than life, and you know, w- wins the Super Bowl in 1985, and you got the the Super Bowl Shuffle, and him and Walter Payton, and all those guys, and the fridge, and. Then they they did a story, I I think it was on 60 Minutes, like four or five years ago. I mean, this guy barely even knows how to use car keys. Oh.
3: Well, and even, and I could be mistaken here, but I think Jason Kelsey's uh, even discussed or his wife has discussed how he'll be looking for his car keys that are in his pocket. And I mean, yeah, we've all done that before, but it gets to a certain point where you're like, okay, this is happening all the time.
4: Yeah. Or you start to wonder... Is he struggling because of what he does for a living? Right. Is he still
2: alive, Jim McMahon?
4: Jim McMahon, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, he's very much alive. I
3: thought you were asking that about Jason Kelsey. (laughs) Come on, Michael.
4: (laughs) No, sorry, I was. He's very much alive.
2: Also, so is Jason Kelsey. Both alive. But
4: but uh, seriously, at some point though, I mean, if if your husband is struggling to find the car keys that are in his pocket, and he's a professional football player. At what point do you just say enough is enough?
3: Uh, by the way, from the text line, why check tight end, died, fell in, hit his head, wasn't CTE. It's not CTE that causes the death, unless it's suicide due to trauma from CTE. But the question is, is did he suffer did, from did, it?
4: Did he have it? Did he? Yeah. Did he well, yeah. his family seems to think so because they are donating his uh, brain for, for research. So they 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 th- seem to think so. He was only 52 years old. That's I mean, crazy. That, is, that, is, that crazy. is ridiculously young.
2: That is ridiculously well, young. Well,
3: and you can improve the helmets as much as you possibly want. Uh, you're not going to be able to take away the impact. Mm-hmm. And it's not the front-to-back impacts that really damage the brain and cause the concussions. It's the side-to-side impacts. Yeah. And you just you can't stop it.
4: Uh, the family says in their statement, uh, they go on to say, The Wycheck family appreciates the love and support they've received, but is asking the public to please respect our privacy during this difficult time. Okay. Hmm. 913-586-7798, 586-7798. We are closing in on our goal for Codes for Kids. Ooh, that's exciting. We felt felt way short this year, sadly. What happened? I I don't know if it was the warm weather. Uh, We had a shortened campaign this year. So, for whatever reason, we came up well short of our goal. If you can help us out, we're closing in on it, but we're not there yet. If you can help us out, go to KMBZ.com. That's KMBZ.com. Click on the Coats for Kids logo. That'll take you to a safe and secured website where you can make your donation. We're going to keep it up. uh, The Coats for Kids campaign, we're going to keep it going through this week. So, if you can help us, please go to KMBZ.com. Every penny that you donate, Stays in town and is used to buy a new coat for a child in need at one of five Kansas City area school districts. And the need is real. It is real. Go to KMBZ.com, click on the Coats for Kids logo, make your donation, or just text in the word KMBZ Coats. One word, KMBZ Coats to
3: 44321. And thank you.
2: Weird, weird science. All right, welcome back.
4: Good to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Michael Mackey from Michael Mackey filling in today for Dana Wright. She returns tomorrow from a much well-deserved
2: vacation. She went to the Mississippi, didn't she? She did. She went down and saw her folks. Saw the fan dam.
3: Yep. She f- is back in Kansas City as we speak. Yes they were trying. Well, never mind. She'll probably want to talk about it tomorrow. What? Oh, her Twitter. She's been going off on Twitter about uh, what <gasps> happened when was she an, got back to the airport. There was an
2: Uber incident. There was. An incident with Uber. What happened?
4: I, I, uh, I, I'm i not on Twitter. I don't, I don't know what happened.
3: Uh, well, she might want to talk about it tomorrow, but we'll do it now. Okay. Uh, apparently, when Chris got the car, went and got the the Tesla, or sorry, the nondescript electric vehicle Mm -hmm. from the extended stay lot and came and picked her up, uh, there were people trying to break into the vehicle claiming that it was their Uber, Uh, and despite their best efforts to let them know that they were not driving for Uber, they were just two fine Kansas City loving Kansas Citians in their own nondescript (laughs) electric vehicle trying to drive home, uh, the people refused to accept that as an answer. And like they were, they, were the Uber. they were big mad. They were big mad that Dana yeah.
2: was trying to get in their Uber. <laughs> and Dana was it's like, It's my car. Right. Maybe Chris Ketz should have used his his God like anchorman voice. I'm Chris Ketz. It's been
4: handled.
3: Yeah. And I am not an Uber driver. Stole my jokes, Scott. Okay. Thank you.
4: Did they ever get that? Uh, Stuff figured out up there at the airport?
3: Uh, No, it has been such a continuing problem that they are reconfiguring the arrivals lanes. Uh,
2: Okay, so it's so bad that when I, it is so, so, so bad when I go to departures sometimes that I will literally double down, go around and pick my guests up at arrival, or uh, I mean at departures. Sorry, did I screw that up? When people come in, arrivals, sorry, arrivals is such a nightmare sometimes that I will literally go. I will circle the thing and I will make my guests go upstairs to departures so I can pick them up
3: when they arrive. And I've only had one experience in the arrival line at the new terminal, uh, and it was horrible. It was not a busy time for arrivals. It was like 1030. There were maybe 15 cars, but all 15 of them were parked on the curb. And you've got these traffic attendants yelling at them to move, and none of them are moving. Because what are you going to do, lift the car and move it?
2: Yeah, now, the traffic attendants are a little overzealous. Now,
3: now, I've
4: only flown in and out of the airport once since it since it opened, the new one. And I've only had to drop a person off once. And I, I've never had a problem. You better knock wood. hmm Okay. But every, every time I've gone to the airport, I, I've... It's been in and out, no problem. Knock on wood, Knock I know. On wood. I know.
3: I will say it felt exactly like every other major city airport I've ever been to, which I know was kind of the goal of the new terminal, but it's not what positive. This, what
2: is this reconfiguring thing that you speak
3: uh, of? They are adding a lane. How they're going to do that, I don't know. I think they're just going to extend the third lane, so it's not bottlenecked there at the beginning. And,
4: and didn't I read in that in that same story? You're talking about the story in the Star the other day. Yeah, that they're they're also going to expand the cell phone lot.
3: Uh, they like are sooner looking, rather than later. Yeah, they're looking into a new cell phone lot. And uh, by the way, cell phone lot, as someone who went and sat in it because I follow the rules, uh, is just code for a random lot next to the airport. It is literally just a random lot that most other cell phone lots have infrastructure. There's a bathroom that you can use. This is just a lot next to a building right. and, and, where and, they and, said, here, go park there.
4: Yeah, but they, they recognize that they need to make it bigger. It's too small.
3: Yeah, and there had been discussions of when they finally, and I think they're already completed or have completed this process. And if they haven't, they're pretty close. Once they tear down the old terminals, there will be a much bigger cell phone lot area there. Um, but yeah, it, well, the problem persists. I,
4: I, and I can't, for the life of me, I cannot figure this out. Now, now, granted, the, the two times that I've had to go to the airport since it opened, I believe it opened in February, if I'm not mistaken, uh, once was to fly to Chicago, mm-hmm. n- flew out, flew in, no problem. And then I had to go drop my aunt Arlene off one time, drove in, dropped her off, drove out. No problem.
3: Now, drop-offs are a breeze because you're pulling up, you're dropping and going. The problem is, and as our PSA has said many, many times as we have played it on the air, uh, is the folks who still use the old KCI method, which is I'm going to pull up to the arrival lane.
4: I'm going to sit here right on the curb. mm -hmm,
3: And I'm going to wait for my person to come out.
4: Which is not okay.
3: It's also a pain in the butt because most other major airports that I've done pickups from uh, in my travels when you have to loop around to go back through the arrival lane, it's a mm-hmm. pretty easy loop around. Mm-hmm. Ours, you have to go down, take an exit, take a left turn, take another left turn, back onto the main thoroughfare to loop back around. Well,
4: if, if you would just wait
3: in the uh, cell phone uh, lot like you're yeah, supposed to, until yeah. the
4: person that you're there to pick up calls you and says, "Hey, I'm here and I'm out front," then you don't have to keep looping around.
3: If Utopia
4: existed, I know we wouldn't. I know mm-hmm. have to complain. 913 586 7798 7798 Obviously, if you watched the Chiefs game yesterday, you know that there was an uh, international superstar in town again yesterday. Taylor Swift made another strong game day game day fashion statement on Sunday that earned a close look from both Swifties and Buffalo Bills players before the game at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Swift, who is dating Travis Kelsey, duh, yeah. uh, paired a 90s Chiefs sweatshirt, apparently from Kansas City's The West Side Story store, with a black mini skirt and knee-high black boots. The singer appears to have purchased her vintage sweatshirt from the shop, which sells both new and vintage Chiefs gear, along with other apparel. In October, the store at 17th and Summit received an online order from Swift's marketing team, Taylor Nation, using an address that has been linked to Swift, according to owner Chris Harrington, uh, the buyer requested five vintage Kansas City
2: Chiefs sweatshirts, each going for a couple hundred dollars each. So Chris, bless, he has a phenomenal store, and he got so much press. I saw people picked it up. I saw I read it in New York Post today. I mean. She is becoming synonymous with our city, Swifty, and what she wears, her ensembles. You're you're all excited, aren't you? I I was a Twitter about what I read on Twitter. (laughs) Yep. Are are you going to become a sports ball fan? No. God, no. No. Although I did go over to a friend's house yesterday, uh, mainly because they were making homemade chicken and noodles. But the sports ball game was on. Sorry that. Uh, sorry about the loss. Sorry that we lost. But it's okay. Yeah. But Ugh. sorry.
3: I know. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry. I'm still so bitter about it. I know. Sorry. And I, I keep to... seeing these tweets. I'm I'm looking for more news to talk about today, and everything is about whether or not he signaled to the ref. And I'm just saying on the video, it looks like he did. Well, but I we're was not just, breaking down the game anyway. We home. don't break down games. Nice sale. sweater. From a really awesome guy here in Kansas City. And
2: I had some really good homemade chicken and noodles. So, good. not, you know, wasn't all bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my friend, my, it's always fun to go watch a sports ball game when there are true sports ball fanatics in the room because it's so over my head. I don't care. 913
4: 586 7798. 586 7798. He is Michael Mackey for Michael Mackey. Going in today for Dana Wright. She returns tomorrow. That guy over there is Sam Stevie the Third. And my name is Scott here on KMBZ. Story here from the New York Post. One third of American teenagers say they almost constantly use at least one of the top five social media sites like YouTube, TikTok, or Instagram, according to a new study conducted by the Pew Research Center. YouTube remained the clear cut favorite. Really? For the second year in a row. Yep. Hmm. Uh, With 93% of users between the ages of 13 and 17. Logging into the Google owned site. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. TikTok was next at 63%, followed by Snapchat, Instagram, and then Facebook was in dead last with teenagers at 33%.
3: Little social media trivia for you. Do you know what YouTube was originally? No. Because no. it was not a video posting platform. What was it? A dating website. I I didn't know that. Yeah,
2: like with with dating videos.
3: I don't know. I I only knew it as a video posting website, but originally that was not the intent of YouTube.
2: How old are you again? Twenty five. I'm child. I'm twenty six. Twenty six. All right.
3: Uh, But I'm not surprised by that study in any way, shape, or form. I do think it is very subjective, saying almost constantly. Uh, because I would argue that I almost constantly use social media, and I probably use it a whole lot less than most people, well, unless the, I'm here because well, I'm just scrolling define, literally constantly.
2: Then define constantly. That, yeah, that's well, my like, point. Yeah. What's your What's your go to? Uh,
3: my go to is definitely Twitter or X. Uh, after that, probably Instagram. Um, Facebook just turned into, I mean, the algorithm of doom. It's <laughs> the
2: algorithm. There's nothing
3: fun on Facebook anymore. Doom. Um, But we've, I mean, we talked about this last week or the week before with dopamine fatigue coming from social media. And we talked about the Gen Z population reporting as the most depressed. And we talked about the potential drivers of that. Well, here you go. Constant use of social media, constantly getting those dopamine hits and not knowing how to function without it.
2: From the text line, my 10-year-old had a sleepover recently, and most of it was spent with them staring at their phones. It was sad. Oh,
3: no, I will make a point when I'm with my friends. And granted, I do the same thing. I will pull out my phone and ignore my friends on a semi-regular basis. But I will make a point to put my phone down because I'll notice that we're all just looking at our phones. And why are we all five in the same room looking at our phones? We could just text each other from different places if that was the goal here. And I'll be like, wow, really lively
2: crowd tonight, boys. Thanks. My friend Dave has a he has. Dinner parties all the time. And he makes everyone – well, we all go out for dinner. I shouldn't say he has dinner parties, but we go out for dinner. And he makes the server bring a, like, bowl of some type. Oh, yeah. And we have to put our cell phones in said bowl for the duration of dinner. And if I some, love this idea. Cell if, phone
3: roulette.
2: And if for some reason we have to use our phone, that person has to buy everyone's dinner. So there is motivation to not pick up said phone. Well, and
3: you can even apply more rules like, oh, if you even reach for it, you got to buy an appetizer because it, it can get so, wait, 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 go
2: back to your friend Dave here. I love this idea. Oh, Dave has had it. He, he will not tolerate people being on their phones. And so he's made this, you just know, and he makes an announcement. He's like, ma'am, to the server, I need a large bowl. And then he'll make everyone put their cell phones in the bowl. And I always turn mine like to... Off. So in case it does ring, I won't have this like, (gasps) I have to, (laughs) it's calling.
3: What am I missing out on? Yeah, what am I missing out on? Yeah, you might as well just
2: power it down entirely. And from the
3: text line, 5171, you basically just explained addiction. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. We have, and I'm in this weird kind of limbo generation where I started without the inundation of technology. I had dial-up, right? And then by the time that I hit... Michael and I didn't even have that. Oh, I'm aware. (laughs) But I also was in my formative years when all of these social media platforms started coming out. And I saw the shift from, oh, we're going to spend 95% of our time outside to, oh, well, we can just talk to our friends online. Well, I'll I'll tell you this. Going into the clink for a month was one
4: of the... For a number of reasons. But one of the things that I got out of it, other than, I don't know, learning how to not drink... Uh, was learning how to get by without my cell phone because you would only get your cell phone for two hours a day from 3.45 to 5.45. I would die dead. No, the the first day or two, it's almost like you're missing an arm or something. Uh But but as soon as you get used to it, I loved it. And now I, I find myself like at home, I'll leave my cell phone upstairs for hours on end. It's freeing, and isn't I, it? Yes. Yeah. And I don't even think twice about
3: it. I have to put myself in check all the time, and it is a odd but somewhat intriguing personal experiment to see how long I can go without mm-hmm. getting the itch. And if I spend four hours doing some random arbitrary thing around my apartment and not looking at my cell phone, I feel much better than if I yeah. spent that four hours so, just scrolling through TikTok. So
4: after the Chiefs game last night, I went and took my phone and put it upstairs on the charger on, on the edge of my bed. That was probably 6.30-ish. I did not look at my phone until 9.30 at night. Had a missed text from my mom. Hmm. That's it. And she just said, call me when you get a chance. Okay.
3: How long do you think you could go, Mackie? Mm,
2: I could maybe... It, It is liberating. I could maybe make it 15 minutes. 15 minutes? You guys, every break... I check my phone every break. I've watched quarter of the hour, top of the hour, quarter after the hour, mhm, half past, check my phone. Yeah, it's bad.
3: You did just do it during the segment while I was talking, not to put you on blast or anything.
2: And and I missed a text, but I didn't <laughs> but I did not respond to it. I put it down. I will respond to it in approximately 4 minutes and 30 seconds, which is when we go to break. Hurry up. Hurry up and get to break so I can why? respond to this text. I'm kidding. It's not It's not that bad. Okay, it's Why, bad. why are you it's so bad. addicted? I don't know. Maybe I'm... Uh, why may- don't you give me your phone until 6 o'clock? No, absolutely not. I forbid why? it. No, no. Give no. it to Sam. No. The only way I'm giving up my phone is if I have to pay for a dinner for five other guys. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely it. And it better be worth it. Could, could, do you think you could go until 5 o'clock? Yes. There. That's 20 minutes. That'd be an all-time personal best. I think. You want to know who that text was from? No, I don't.
3: Okay, but you can't entice him the whole time. You can't just be like, oh, look, it's vibrating, Michael. You want to see what it says, huh? Huh?" <laughs> what would I sound like,
2: Sam? Oh,
1: look, it's oh, vibrating, vibrating, Michael. You want, you want to see what, to see what of... it says,
3: huh? 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 You sound like seals all of a sudden
2: guys are dorks okay 19 (laughs) minutes and counting i can do this put my phone down i don't stop waving it in front of me like (laughs) he's over here going huh huh you see i've got your phone and you don't people could (laughs) be calling what if you have a text oh did you get something on facebook somebody's texting somebody wants your attention now
3: everybody that knows michael Mackey and has his cell phone is going to start texting him
2: i'm very popular
4: uh, by the way, uh, from for teenagers b- between the ages of 13 and 17, uh, 16% of them say that they are on YouTube almost constantly. 38% say they check it several times a day. 17% say uh, about once a day.
3: From the text line, I'm constantly using my phone because I'm listening to you guys on the Odyssey app. See, justified use. See, perfectly ju- fine. Totally,
2: that's totally fine. Keep using I, it. I would encourage it. Listen to us on the
3: Odyssey app. Also from the text line, hey Mackie, check your phone.
2: Um, oh, Leroy in
4: Grandview, Leroy. Hey Hi, whatever. Leroy. Hey guys, thanks for taking my phone call. You bet. All right, so me and my girlfriend get into this almost every single day. She likes to watch TV programs. I like to watch videos on YouTube. You know, building LS motors or some news or whatnot. Not social media, not Facebook, not Instagram. But I don't like watching TV, and she doesn't like watching YouTube. So I am on my phone all the time, but it's not social media. And she's always on TV and never on her phone. Which one's worse, in y'all's opinion? Um, I, I would make the argument being on your phone is is worse uh, because I, I – and I, maybe it's just me. I, I still think of TV as a potentially social event whereas if you're sitting there on your phone you're you're watching something that is exclusively for you and you alone if if it's up on the TV you have a group of people everybody can watch it at the same time everybody can comment on it there now, there, there is a social component that goes with watching television.
3: You could get a smart TV or a smart TV device and stream whatever YouTube video you're watching up onto the television. But something tells me that Leroy's girlfriend doesn't want to watch a YouTube video about how to build an LS motor. That's going to be my guess too,
4: Sam. Mm. That's going to be my guess.
3: Too. But maybe she does. I
4: don't know. Who knows? Uh, can Mackie make it another 16 minutes until the top of the hour? I have
2: his phone. Oh, I can. Oh, I can totally make it.
3: You <laughs> knew that he was going to taunt you the whole time,
4: didn't you? Heather just sent you a message. Okay.
2: 913-586-7798
4: Hi Heather, if you're listening,
2: I don't have my phone. I can't respond for 16 more minutes.
4: <laughs> 9- 913-586 I miss you
2: Heather. I love you. 7798
3: You're holding
4: steady. You doing well? I'm fine.
2: Went through your first commercial break without looking at your phone. I'm proud of you, brother. I know. I had to go walk around ra- I had to go went outside, got some fresh yes, air. You did. Walked around, shook it off.
3: He was stress pacing the second we went to break, yeah.
2: I-, I only have nine more minutes. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> it's right there. I'm ignoring it because I don't I said that I'm not gonna pick my phone wow, up. Wow, for-
3: the taunting is in full effect right now. I know. He's just scooching it closer and I closer. Did, I did. An inch by the minute. I put it
2: right next to him and <laughs> from, like dropped it down on the desk real loud so he knew it was there. Literally from the text line, tell Michael Mackey that Sarah McLaughlin's people have texted him.
4: <laughs> they need a response now. Now.
2: You have less than eight minutes to respond to Sarah McLaughlin's interview request.
3: Or you don't get it. But there is a legitimate concern here. If we have an entire population, an entire generation of the population who cannot function. Without that strap to their hip.
4: Well, but, but that's not new. I mean, we've been saying that for how long? I I can still remember being in a Panera Bread like ten years ago, maybe a little bit less. And I was with the girls, and I look over, and there's a table filled with late teens, early twenties. Yeah. And there's probably six or seven of them at this table. Every single one of them was on their phone. There, there was zero communication. Everybody's, you know, nose deep in their phone. And I'm thinking, this is where we're at. But, but so this isn't new that people are addicted to their... And by the way... Before, yeah, this is not new material. B- before we go blaming it on young people, it is not young people. Well, it is, but...
3: Oh, no, it spans it, all it, generations.
4: Yes, it, it, it does, The addiction has spread. Yes. And it's not just 13 and 14-year-old kids it's forty-five-year-old guys and gals. You you go into any casual dining restaurant, walk around, everybody is on their phone. Well, and that it used to, to be me seen insane. as
3: rude.
4: When did that change? I don't know. Um, People just had to give in. I, I I will not I will not
2: go into a restaurant with my phone. I won't do it. I've gotten to be very uh, particular about that as well. So I'm I'm right there with you. Now that I, if I'm going to enjoy a nice meal, I'm not going to be, uh, especially with company, good company. My phone is super. My phone is secondary. Now I have been
3: in certain scenarios where we were discussing a specific topic, and there may have been a disagreement about what was correct. And being a newsman, I mean, I've got to be correct. Well, of course. So I'll pull my phone out and do a quick Google search.
4: The Googles. Tristan in North Kansas City. Hello. Hi, Tristan.
2: Hi, howdy, howdy, y'all. Hope you're enjoying this wonderful Monday. Uh, Michael, um, uh, did, did I hear your phone buzz a couple of seconds ago? I just want to make sure you were aware of that. You did, Tristan. <laughs> My phone is blowing up. I have six more minutes, Tristan. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it, it, it's
3: weird. You know, a part of the reason why it's becoming more and more addicted to these phones, as you think about it, is the fact that, you know, everything's condensed into the phones. I remember having an MP3 player and a cell phone now. Everything's condensed into one, mm-hmm. and it's it, that's part of the reason why it's also become so, so all-time consuming. And, Michael, if you're needing something to help consume your time, uh, maybe you should hop in the studio and do an outro for the podcast. Uh, if we're having Dana on vacation, maybe uh, Michael should take over it for the week.
2: Mm. Oh, well, I mean, that's certainly an option. She is back tomorrow, so, I mean, I feel like that is above and beyond the call of duty. Plus, I only have five minutes and nine seconds left before I... <laughs> I'm Tr- use my phone. Tristan, thank you. Thanks, John, Tristan. John
4: in Independence. Hi, John. Hi, how are you doing? We're doing well. Thank right. you for asking. Years, well, good. A few years back, I had the FBI as an account, and I was talking to one of the ladies there, and she was telling me about a conference they had. She said the older and middle ages, middle-aged agents got along real well talking and conversing back and forth, but they noticed that the younger ones were always on their cell phones. Come to find out that the younger ones didn't know how to interview a criminal, so they had to be re-educated in order they could uh, interview criminals. Just something. Uh, Okay, you you lost me there at the end there. What was that about Uh, interviewing criminals? You
3: lost me. Uh, He said that they were so non-social. The younger FBI agents were so, they lacked so many... Wow, I'm even losing track of how to say this. Words. They didn't have enough social skills to conduct a criminal interview.
2: Oh. Hey, this is this is a, okay. a good point from the text line. If I'm paying $100 a month, I'm going to use the crap out of my phone. That's like paying $1,500 for rent and you only are home two days a month. Okay, I see you. What kind of phone plan do you have? I see you, 0856. A 35-year-old man who was sent to prison as a teenager
4: for the 2004 killing of a man in a Minneapolis flower shop was set free today after a judge ruled the eyewitness evidence on which his conviction rested was unreliable. Marvin Haynes, who was 16 years old at the time of the killing and spent most of his life behind bars, was released from prison shortly after the judge's ruling today. The Hennepin County Attorney's Office said it agreed with defense lawyers that admitting the shaky evidence violated his constitutional rights during his 2005 trial for the killing of Randy Shearer, 55, who was shot during the robbery. Wow. And then we have another one, this one out of New York City, uh, where a man who was recently cleared in the gruesome, fiery 1995 killing of a subway token booth clerk sued New York City and two detectives today, saying that a wanton and reckless law enforcement culture subjected him to decades of wrongful imprisonment that left grave psychological damage. Thomas Malik is seeking at least $50 million. Good for him. Wow. Quick break for the news. Dan mom has got that coming up in two minutes. That guy right there is Michael Mackey from michaelmackey.com. He's filling in today for Dana Wright, Sam Stevie Third. My name is Scott here on KMBZ. We'll see you on the other side.
2: Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at kmbz.com.